The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. People today struggle with eating disorders. If you are one of the thousands of people who do, you may be experiencing feelings of overwhelm and isolation. You are not alone. Welcome to Chasing Hunger. Here you'll find out what you can do, where you can find the resources, discover the truths, and get the help you need to regain control of your life. Here is Kathy Welter Nichols, author and host of Chasing Hunger. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Chasing Hunger and another great show. I'm excited to present this one with you because I'm really ready to start to ramp this up a bit. Let's get on with it. Let's figure out how to fix this, how to get our lives back, how to take control of what seems to have taken control of us. So welcome here to another hour with Chasing Hunger and myself, and I've got lots of bits and pieces. Today, we really want to look at what's the strategy how do I maintain this kind of, um, this program that's going to take me not just 90 days, not just six months, but really for the rest of my life? How do I install something inside of me that's going to give me the tools and the frame to help me take back my life from this crazy eating disorder behavior and also maintain it? Because there's just so many deviations out there that can really cause us to derail the process. So that's what we're going to look at today. And I'm going to respond to a few questions that I've had and comments that have come in from people that have been listening to the show. And I thank you all for your input because every piece of it leads me in another direction of another area that I can share with you. Um, I'm also going to dig into some of the deeper issues that come up with recovery. This is really challenging. Um, when we get into the recovery model of, of a eating disorder, the body is going to start to go through its process. It's been being derailed, redirected. It's been managed, coerced, starved. It's been um, lacking in uh, in chemistry and the necessary things it needs to function properly. And now we start to give it food as fuel and the fuel starts to fuel many of those places that were um, depleted. And guess what? Things start changing. Things start happening. And things start happening in a way that it's like, well, my body's doing something here. Oh, this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. And this is going on at a level where it's happening in people who have been so hypervigilant about what their body functions are all about. So hypervigilant about every little ounce of gained weight, every little bit of water retention, Everything that's gone on in their body, they've been so hypervigilant about it that as these small changes begin to take place, there can be some real pushback. Oh, no, I can't do this. Oh, no, that's not going to work for me. Oh, no, what if? So these are some of the things we have to talk about because your long-term recovery plan has got to allow for some flexibility and to allow for a little bit of shift and change. Now, all of this stuff started when you were in your, in your 
youth in your teens and for some of you that are just considering it for instance and I hope you will really listen here because you're just setting yourself up to have to deal with this down the road you cannot manage your life in this way you your life will eventually need medical support because you're so depleted in the necessary nutrient to help your body sustain itself our bodies are equipped in such a way that they are incredibly magical actually they know how to balance chemistry and fine-tune things optimize cells slough off cells we're not using grow new cell material they know how to help us grow release hormones things that you have to be a chemist you have to be um, a biologist to understand how it all really even works and your body's doing it for you what I've found with people with an eating disorder is they've learned how to manipulate that's right manipulate some of those functions to give them something different so this question came in from a colleague and she'd been listening to the show And so she said to me in her note, listening to your show, these stories, and of course she's referencing last weekend, or last week's show, the uh, February 14th show, my question, if a person comes from such a loving family, why is there so much self-hatred? Isn't it self-hatred or not liking oneself? The way they are going on and trying to kill themselves if they actually have this disorder. On the deepest level, isn't all addiction this too? Do you think it's cultural? So I really had to sit and think about this for a moment because I'm listening to somebody outside of the world of eating disorders, looking at it from that 60,000 foot level, not really understanding what's happening under here. And I know people with eating disorders think to themselves, people who don't get this think that way. And yet the perspective that this individual offered me, um, and I'm so grateful for it because it allows me to talk about this with all of you. From my perspective, and only from the work that I've done with these clients, it's not about self-hatred. I don't actually feel that's true. There are obvious external indicators that it's really not self-hatred at all. It's simply not accepting the body as it is. And it's actually learning at a very young age that I can manipulate what my body actually looks like and what it does. Where does this come from? Well, there's a belief in our culture that thin is better. Absolutely. Is it cultural? I agree. Thin is better. The thinner you are, uh, it's just better. And so this kind of thing sets up that other media with medium within them which is that drive for the competition i'll show you thin i'll show you how to get thin oh i can get thin i can get thinner than anybody else in this whole group session um somebody lost two pounds i'll lose five there's that competition Because it's out there. If somebody can do something, I'll show you how I can do it better. And that's an inner determination that's just got redirected in kind of a, 
a focus that's not really benefiting the person's lifestyle or life or ongoing life. The best way to take that incredible drive that these young people that I've worked with have, young women, middle-aged women have, that drive, that competition, that type A personality just needs a different focus. Oh, wow. Focus on something different? Absolutely. Instead of focusing on manipulating your body, how about pushing that whole eating disorder thing to the side right now and looking at what's really out there in front of you? What's behind it? What do you really want? What's your journey all about? What was your intention this lifetime? What did you want to be? Are you where you want to be now? Now, when we set the eating disorder or the behavior aside, even someone that likes to binge and self-sabotage themselves on sugary foods, carbohydrates, and, and they've just put on a lot of weight, when you push all that business to the side and look at what's in front of you, is it overwhelming? All the things that you've been just not attending to? Or is it actually kind of empty? There's really nothing much going on. Either one of these two strategies can have you reaching for that disorder one more time. Let me grab it because that's my distraction. So long as I'm eating and stuffing and or binging and purging or restricting, I'm focused on my little project and this keeps me entertained. And so when we ask, is it cultural? Yes. Is it self-hatred? I don't think so. To me, it's an entertainment. To me, it's a distraction from what life really is. And this is just from watching and observing what my clients have shared. I'm not here. I can't judge anybody else's intention. But I do know it's not about hating the self. It's about wanting to change it because you're not quite satisfied with where it is at any given moment. It always could be a little bit different. So the other behavior that creates these distortions, even though these distortions take us away from what we truly want, what I've seen evidenced is kind of the difference. I notice that they all, all my clients, I open the door the first time I see them, they're beautiful women, beautiful, striking. The girls that have been anorexic are their hair is perfect, their makeup is perfect, their attire is perfect, they move with grace. I'm, I'm telling you, they are beautiful, beautiful women. And I think they really like the attention. As a matter of fact, my anorexic clients have shared with me, they really believe, truly believe, that everyone envies them because they are as thin as they are and they can maintain it. And the rest of the population cannot. Of course, it takes every bit of willpower and effort they have to eat the small amounts of food every day to maintain that low body weight. And even at the scariest level of health, which just isn't important to them. So asking for attention, wanting attention, how is this self-hatred? I don't see that. 
I really don't. I see this as me having had figured out how I can manipulate my body by restricting food, excessive exercise, and taking my life into a completely different place. Will I listen to my mom and dad about what's healthy? Absolutely not. At 14, who's listening to their parents, really? I mean, you have to get along with them, right? But for the most part, we're pretty much just doing what's coming up in every given moment. And we share with our parents what's happening when we're kind of struggling or when we've got a real issue on our on our hands or we've got a real piece of complication in our social life that's challenging us and, and it's a little bit beyond our scope. Hopefully in those moments, our parents are there for us. So we really don't listen to our parents. And at those crucial ages, we're making decisions and sometimes our parents are saying, wow, you really lost some weight because they don't really know what you've been up to. And you hear it inside your mind as a compliment. You hear it inside as I'm getting noticed for my weight loss. And so that if I don't pay attention and I don't keep thin, will my mom and dad stop noticing me? I think there's other ways to do this. So stay tuned. We're going to take a little break here, and I'll be right back. Thanks for joining us. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Contact Kathy Welter Nichols for a private consultation. Use the promo code VA Chasing Hunger for show specials. Book your spot today and start your recovery. Call 1 604 421 1722. Chasing Hunger, the book, is available at chasinghunger.com, Amazon, and Barnes and Noble. You can find Kathy at waysofthewisewoman.com. Kathy is a gifted speaker and presenter and is available to speak to your group on all subjects related to women's issues. Contact her now and make your next meeting powerful and inspiring. Call 1-604-421-1722 or visit waysofthewisewoman.com. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. listening to Chasing Hunger with Kathy Welter Nichols. If you have a question or comment on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to welterk at shaw.ca. Now, back to Chasing Hunger. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. 
I just want to say here too, I know a lot of my, my pro, well, actually all of my shows, I've only had a couple of people call in. And I know that that has in part to do a little bit with the secrecy connected to these disorders. If you have not disclosed your disorder to anyone or, or people think you've recovered and you've slipped back or that kind of thing, you don't really want to be um, voicing your comments and so many of my comments have come from people who don't have this disorder at all but have been listening and so I appreciate the insights you've offered and and the questions it really helps me to go a little further into the program so one of my very dear colleagues is uh, Dr. David Green in the UK and I appreciate that he's been following the show all the way through and uh, giving me some really terrific feedback. One of the things I was mentioning to him was the complicated secondary addiction of alcohol that goes with eating disorders and he uh, provided me with uh, some bits and pieces that I think you might find interesting, especially for understanding what happens when we complicate one addiction with a secondary one. I've had the hardest challenges myself. We've gotten through it, but these have been the biggest challenges for my clients because what has happened is the moment we start to tackle the eating disorder, the drive for alcohol goes up. And now they're using that addiction even more. When we tackle the alcoholism without understanding fully what's going on with the eating disorder, it drives the eating disorder like an itch. They just keep having to scratch it. So one or the other, reducing one or the other drives the other one. So this gets quite complicated. One of the best things to understand about alcohol is it releases that need in their minds for food. So they drink instead. But this is an intoxicating uh, substance and all of a sudden it has control every bit as much as the other except the intoxication causes super problems. One girl who came to see me um, the first day, she was very, very um, compliant, just into deep trance, deep trance, deep trance. By the end of the day, in our in our first day of our session, she was really settled, calm, alert, aware, feeling amazing. So we did the trance, we do our food, more trances, more food, more trances, more food. And all the way through the day, the six small meals, the six trances. And here she was, this lovely alert person at the end of the day. So the next day she comes in, and I happened to be standing near her because I was taking her coat, and I could smell the alcohol coming off her. And I said, were you drinking last night? And she said, yes. I said, do you have a problem with drinking? Oh, no. And I said, I can smell the alcohol. And then at that moment, Both she and I realized I could see just how intoxicated she still was. So I asked her, how much did you drink last night? 26 ounces of vodka and a bottle of wine. That's pretty much enough to kill somebody. So this girl had been using alcohol for a long, long time. It was a secondary addiction. I sent her home to sleep it off. And I said, come back the next day only if you haven't been drinking. And she never could come back. It was, she just couldn't. The alcohol had taken over her life and she used it instead of 
the binging and purging process. When she pushed the alcohol out of the way, the binging and purging came up even more. So alcohol is a a challenge. And this is some of the things that um, my colleague had shared and he said, he writes, people don't realize how many calories they're consuming. For example, a bottle of red wine, depending on its strength, has about 700 calories, which is actually half the basal requirements, not a third as most people imagine. Most people consume at least 2,500 calories per day, and each 1,000 calorie excess is laid down to about 110 grams of fat or fat storage. And it's unfortunate that the product packaging, as he says, doesn't reflect this. It just doesn't reflect how many calories are in each glass of wine, each bottle of beer. And depending on some of those alcoholic beverages, like certain types of beer are very high in calories. Um, They're very helpful for weight gains, as a matter of fact. So in a lot of cases, we don't even realize how much alcohol is contributing to obesity. It's pretty much, as he says, it's anyone's guess, but few people even consider it as part of their calorie intake. As a rule of thumb, he recommends that perhaps no more than 20% of one's calorie intake should be from alcohol. So as we consider some of these, he adds to the, at the very end of this, Alcohol is the only food as fuel source that does not have this calorie indication, and perhaps it should. I wanted to share this one other story about another girl who came to see me, and she had this mindset. She definitely had bulimia, and the mindset was that she would buy her alcohol from the liquor store, get drunk before she went out with her friends so that she didn't have to buy the alcohol because it was so expensive in the bars. And then she would save her money for the food to binge on. What a great little recipe. So she would be drunk at night and have enough money for food to binge and purge the next day. So how did we fix this one? Well, this was pretty interesting. And What had happened was she had been um, in one of these programs where people would come um, from different countries and they would share their flat. So somebody came from somewhere who had um, sort of a skin itch and it ended up being like a little bit of a parasite. Well, she is very sensitive. Her skin was very sensitive, um, had been all her life, and she, of course, acquired it. So they had to thoroughly clean their apartment and throw out you know, furniture and clothes and all this kind of thing. And they got rid of the whole parasite. However, we utilized it. How did we utilize it? Well, we attached that itch, that insatiable itch that she wasn't able to manage. Even though it had cured, she was still able to remember how intense it was while she had been going through this because it was really quite recent. So we attached the itch to drinking. So each and every time she would drink alcohol, that itch would come over her body. It was all just remembered, but that itch was there. So when she came back to see me a few weeks later for her her follow-ups, she said to me, you know, every time I drink a beer, I just get so itchy. I remember all of that again. And I, I said to her, that's awesome. That's really awesome. I said, what are you doing? Instead, she said, well, there's nothing I can do. I, I've, I have to drink water. I have to drink other, other things. I can't drink alcohol anymore. 
Now, she had been in agreement with all of this to get rid of the alcohol in any way we possibly could. And it was an absolute brilliant way to utilize an experience she'd been through. Wherever you can attach something that um, is unpleasant or uncomfortable for you to something that you want to get rid of, that's just an easy marriage. Instead of making it easy and fun and, and comfortable, change its its um, uh, anchor on your own mind as being something terrific into something that, ew, I just wouldn't want to do that. Or make it uncomfortable if you can, if you have something that it can work with in the body. She never drank again. She was pretty darn happy about that. And then we were able to completely resolve everything to do with bulimia. It disappeared completely. So I want to break here into how do we maintain our recovery. It's a long process. And that recovery takes determination. It takes every bit of your willpower, but it also can be achieved through you just changing your day-to-day strategies. And instead of trying to manipulate your body like you've done in the past... Do different things. Help your body heal. Help your mind heal. And this is where we get into sustainable strategies that are giving us what we really want. These sustainable strategies will help you maintain your weight, will help you sustain a healthy body. And if you're still quite young in your 20s or 30s and have maybe been doing this for 10 or 15 years, I know your body will recover quite quickly. You just need to give it time. That patience is something that is abhorrent to somebody with an eating disorder. You know you can tweak your body, starve it for just a week, even a few days, and you'll lose pounds. And you've learned how to make your body do things so quickly. So all of a sudden, you start giving it food, and some things start going on here, and you don't know what to do with it. You don't know, and you start to panic, and you start to worry, and you start to think, oh my gosh, I don't want to get fat here, but something's not working right. And so this is what we need to look at. We need to look at some of the causes of the distress in the early recovery stages. We need to look at how to maintain those steps forward. We need to look at exactly what is causing these issues. And even in our medical model, they don't always know what's really going on because you haven't told them. You haven't told them, you haven't disclosed that you've got an eating disorder or that you've been binging and purging. You've told them you've got severe bloating. You've told them you've got a swollen abdomen. They'll test you for everything, including pregnancy even though you may not have had a period for 18 months, three years, five years, because you're not giving them all the information. But we're going to look at some of the ways that you can really get in touch with your body systems and begin to help it heal, help it regroup, help it become healthy again. And then it's a matter of sustaining this Longer than 90 days, which breaks the habits. Longer than six months, which takes you well into that first half year. Well into the start of your second year. By the time that second year is starting, 
this whole process will be so far behind you. You'll be that person that's sitting there saying, well, yes, I used to have an eating disorder, but it just doesn't bother me anymore. And like a young woman I sat down with yesterday, we were working on some other issues for her, and she shared with me she'd had anorexia. And I said to her, how did you recover? And she said, I've been free of it now for five years. It's completely left my body. I no longer think about restricting or changing my body. But she had some residual issues with um, the tummy and tightness and a little bit of irritable bowel syndrome. And so that's what we're working on now. So isn't it amazing to think that you could really be that far down the road and that far away from an eating disorder forever? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Contact Kathy Welter Nichols for a private consultation. Use the promo code VA Chasing Hunger for show specials. Book your spot today and start your recovery. Call 1 604 421 1722. Chasing Hunger, the book, is available at chasinghunger.com, Amazon, and Barnes and Noble. You can find Kathy at waysofthewisewoman.com. Kathy is a gifted speaker and presenter and is available to speak to your group on all subjects related to women's issues. Contact Contact her now and make your next meeting powerful and inspiring. Call 1-604-421-1722 or visit waysofthewisewoman.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. listening to Chasing Hunger with Kathy Welter Nichols. If you have a question or comment on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to welterk at shaw.ca. Now, back to Chasing Hunger. Hi there, everyone, and welcome back. Okay, I'm just going to really be digging in here, and we're going to look at some of these medical issues that come up as a result of the extreme restricting and the binging and purging. You need to know what's going on here. Um, I know you understand how you can use food and how you've been using food, Um, and I know you've looked into food and you've decided that vegetarianism is better or veganism or raw food diets are better. I want you to stop all that just for a moment and listen to this, okay? Your body needs to be rebuilt. It needs to be sustained. You're going to have to just come around that. You've made your mind up that this is maybe the way to live. It's it's healthier. It's better. It's a better way to be because vegetarianism is kinder to animals. 
whatever your thought process is on that, we just have to kind of put it to the side for the moment and allow yourself to recognize the deprivation of food and healthy food choices over the past decades that you've been doing this has caused your body to go into a state of survival. And in that survival mode, there's been damage done to the liver, to the heart, damage done to the brain, the throat, your teeth, your gums. There's been damage done to your skeletal system because there just hasn't been enough nutrient to really not even just sustain your physical body, but even allow it to continue being what it is. The form, the physical form that houses your soul, your spirit, your experience here. You're kind of at the end of where you can allow this to continue. So here's some of the things that have happened to some of my clients. When they begin to refeed, when they start eating again and allowing the food to stay in their bowel. Well, guess what? The bowel hasn't been functioning properly. The liver, the gallbladder, these organs and the insulin that has been shooting out of control with the large amounts of food that have gone in and then instantly being taken out, these functions have been extremely depleted. So it's going to take some time to bring this back online. It's a system and you need patience. And I know that's not your strong suit because you like instant, you like the drive-through here, you want it fast, but you want your health more. And that's where you're at. So let's talk about this first one. Both anorexia nervosa and bulimia are associated with specific gastrointestinal symptoms. And they're uniquely attributable to the food restrictions. The number one is gastroparesis. This is a a, uh, condition that comes purely as a result of extreme weight loss and quickly in the range of about 10 to 20 pounds. When that quick weight loss happens... There's almost this universal development of gastroparesis. And it refers to a delaying of emptying the stomach. Bloating happens. And it's really the main symptom. And I know it's uncomfortable. And it's especially uncomfortable with someone who wants to feel empty inside their stomach. And now they can't even feel their stomach at all. Instead, they've got this hard rock of gas. So these complaints happen universally across the board and oftentimes clients will uh, revert to laxatives, clients will revert to um, something to try and help themselves and there is a quick fix here. Keep in mind the quick fix part because that's what you like the best. You're going to have to deviate your vegetarian mindset and move over to adding in protein. Protein stimulates the liver, the gallbladder, insulin. It it stimulates new enzymes in the stomach. When you eat only vegetarian food, that can take up to 72 hours to be broken down in the gut. That's often why we feel so full when we eat salads. We just can't eat huge salads. We eat small salads. 
If you bring in salmon, eggs, take your time, introduce these foods in a way that you can get your mind around it. Now, I know some of you are probably just, no, no, I can't do that. I I made up my mind I would never eat these foods. It's going to change my whole value system and who I am. I'm asking you to just try it. One of my clients, absolutely gung-ho, 100% vegetarian, never going to change that. And of course, as soon as she began to eat again, the belly went so hard. And on all of the tests, when they took her into the eMERGE to have this tested, because there has to be something wrong with her stomach for it to stick out this far. And so they even tested her for pregnancy, and which was really kind of sad in a way. Nonetheless, there was nothing there. She went through a whole series of tests. There was absolutely no problem. So she came back to me and she said, I just, I don't know why my stomach's bloating like this. And so we went back through her diet. And of course, this is why it's important for you to do a food journal. Because if you don't watch every day the foods that you're putting in and then all of a sudden you're complaining to your body because it's got a bloating going on. But you look, we looked back three days before she'd begun to shift away from proteins again and she'd started to move back towards vegetarian and raw foods. Sure enough, as soon as she had a piece of salmon that night for dinner, her whole abdomen went back almost to normal. So each and every time her belly gets distended, she knows, oh, I haven't been taking in any protein. Seek out and use sustainable, good resources for your meat, fish, uh, eggs. Get free range. Get the highest quality um, where animals are treated with the very highest um, care and attention. Absolutely, we do. We eat only the very best and and foods that are are well cared for and well tended. Grass-fed, free-range chickens, um, free-range eggs. These will give you the highest nutrient value. You won't feel like you need to eat a lot of it. And even small amounts of it will stimulate this area of the, the bowel to help break down foods in a much better way so that you find this uh, gastroparesis event in really about four to six weeks begins to dissipate and you begin to manage your bowel better. The other thing that often goes on in, in this period of time is a belief that you're not eliminating enough. Let's face it, you used to take in 4,000 calories of junk food, but then throw it all up, right? Now you're eating small portions, but a couple of my clients would share with me three, four, five days would go by with zero elimination. No bowel movement. This is very common in these first weeks. And I want you to think about this. It's not sitting there in your bowel. It isn't. Your body is absorbing the food. It's been on starvation. So the bowel is processing slower, but the food is being absorbed, the nutrients, the uptake is happening, the liver is processing, the food is being utilized as the fuel your body needs. 
Still, you don't want to go four or five days without eliminating. So this is what we found was really helpful on several counts. Magnesium, not calcium and magnesium together, but magnesium on its own. In, you can get it in capsules in any health food store and just take two before you go to bed. Just two, that's all you need. Now, one of my clients who had a lot of issue with this was still complaining a good week later. And then all of a sudden, she emailed and said, it's working. Once the bowel begins to operate really well, you can cut back the magnesium. Cut it back to one a night. Then take it back to one every other night. Then take it back to one a week. Then take it back to a day when you know you ate a lot of vegetarian type foods or more from a vegetarian source, not a lot of protein. And just use it on those evenings. Taking it at night, it works on the bowel through the night. And you will find your elimination becomes optimal, which is really two to three times a day. And I know for some of you out there, this is a huge concept for you, two to three times a day. I'm lucky if it's once. This will really improve your bowel function. There's a secondary benefit to magnesium. It's very helpful for the heart. It's one of those heart-healthy nutrients, and it's really helpful for the heart. And your heart needs some help right now. And so that's another one that you can add to your toolbox. One of my clients emailed me a year after she had been to see me. She had sustained her recovery. She'd done really well. And she wrote me this message and she said, tell your clients to stick with it. My tummy's flatter than it's ever been. My tummy feels amazing. My bowel process is perfect. All my systems have resumed. It's just a matter of patience. And that first four to six weeks, it's going to be a bit challenging. It will be. And especially because you've been used to manipulating your body. And now you're waiting for your body to kick in and do what it does. In those first weeks, your body is absorbing the nutrient. It's helping other systems come back online. For young women, you're getting your monthly cycle back. That only happens with optimal hormonal um, hormonal activity taking place once again. The reason you lost it is your body stopped producing estrogens. Your body stopped producing those hormones. Now that is coming back online again too. That usually happens in about a month. And that should be a real celebration. A real excitement. My body is resuming normal. So look for these signposts. And when you come across them, remember, there are tips and tools here that can help you, help you sustain your recovery. Now, some of my clients have said it's taken them three to six months, not four to six weeks. Whatever the case is for you, know that you need to stay the course because this is your recovery. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Contact Kathy Welter Nichols for a private consultation. Use the promo code VA Chasing Hunger for show specials. Book your spot today and start your recovery. Call 1 604 421 1722. Chasing Hunger, the book, is available at chasinghunger.com, Amazon, and Barnes and Noble. You can find Kathy at waysofthewisewoman.com. Kathy is a gifted speaker and presenter and is available to speak to your group on all subjects related to women's issues. Contact her now and make your next meeting powerful and inspiring. Call 1-604-421-1722 or visit waysofthewisewoman.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. listening to Chasing Hunger with Kathy Welter Nichols. If you have a question or comment on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to welterk at shaw.ca. Now, back to Chasing Hunger. everyone and welcome back. So we're digging in here. We're really getting down into the nitty gritty of managing recovery. I'm going to talk a little bit about a kind of a scary thing. We go on in our minds thinking, yeah, never me, never me. It's never going to happen to me. Unlike the show from last week with Marie Claude, who was a healthcare provider herself. She just really didn't know how how sick she really was. So I want to talk about the cardiac abnormalities and their management just briefly. This is the place where these statistics are on the rise and this sudden death can happen. With anorexia neurosis, it it has the highest mortality rate of any of the psychiatric disorders. It's higher than drug use, higher than cocaine, higher than heroin, it's, it's the number one in psychiatric disorders right now. How does this happen? There's complications. The cardiac is the heart, and it is the area of the body that without it, you cannot survive. You can last a few minutes without breathing. Um, it'll damage cells and brain and different things like this, and you will die without oxygen. Without your heart beating, um, you don't have very long. And the minute it stops, it shuts down systems throughout the body. It will shut down because there's no circulation of the vascular and uh, cardio fluids, blood. And without it, you die. Overall, with substantial weight loss, there is a shrinkage of the skeletal and the cardiac muscle as well. 
substantial weight loss equals shrinking the skeletal and the cardiac muscles. A reduction in the cardiac chamber volumes and a decrease in cardiac mass and cardiac output. As a result, this ensues a state of reduced exercise capacity. And yet, many people with these disorders keep on exercising. These abnormalities improve with weight gain and generally normalize within a matter of months. Because your body knows its optimum state of health and wellness, it will try to take you back there. I know with damage to the um, skeletal system, your bones, they can measure, a a 20-year-old can measure um, having a skeletal system somewhere in the range of persons that's 70 years of age because of the massive holes and the skeletal system shrinking. However, your heart muscle can recover. And there are some great things that you can do to help this happen. You want to eat uh, foods and supplements that support the heart and support the heart's recovery. Potassium. Potassium is one of those uh, things that you can take through natural sources and is absolutely the best way to refeed the body because we don't end up... um, bringing that potassium level up too fast, too high. It's too hard for the heart to manage it. So coconut water, mix it into your smoothies. Sip on coconut water through the day. If you don't particularly like the taste of it, then mix it in with other foods or other other beverages that you're drinking. Bananas are very high in sugar, but they're also the highest in potassium. So these are a couple of ways you can get it through your foods. And because it's through a food source, your body is able to manage it better than taking it as a solid increase in that. And sometimes this is what's happened when people come in and they into emerge and they are, you know, they, they check all the systems out and they find the potassium is just so low in the body that they put a potassium drip on and the person will, the cardiovascular system just can't handle that increase that fast. So, these are some of the ways that you can actually begin to help your body recover just using these forms of food as medicine, food as fuel. Omegas and omega-3, these are also areas where you can start to take them through a supplement, a liquid form eat fish. These are all places where you're going to get high levels of omegas. And these are also health-hearty foods, and they're also excellent for your brain. So these are ways that every day, small amounts, we're not overdoing this. You don't buy um, a bottle of, of tablets and take them all at once. More is not better. Sustaining regular improvements is the way to go. So let's quickly just review. What's my strategy for recovery? What's my strategy for maintaining my recovery? Shopping from a list. Take the time to create a shopping list at home and only buy from the list. 
That way, you're not going to get talked into eat, buying foods that aren't part of your recovery program. Create a food journal. This is not food obsession. This is not focus on food. I've had a couple of girls say, I'm going to want to do it because it's food focus and it's bothering me. No, 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 it's not. This is your Bible. When things go wrong, you can refer to it. Be sure you've included supplements in your recovery. You're going to be feeling better really soon. And won't that be amazing? Remember that if there's bloating, you need to add in some proteins to your diet. And I recommend you find a way to do this every day. Get protein into your into your daily diet. Even if it's something you don't particularly want to do, you have to. Your body needs the nutrients right now. I've recommended to some of my clients, yep, we're going to go get a steak. And I went with them. We sat in the restaurant. They ate the steak. And I watched my client across from me change dramatically. Now, they kept deviating and going back to raw food and fooling around with vegetarianism. But then they would come back and see me. How much protein are you taking? Well, I haven't been and I'm feeling all bingy and all this kind of thing again. And yep, back on the red meat. And as soon as we start to go there, they started to get better. It's just a strategy to help your body get well. You can do this every day. You've already been focused on your body and changing it. So this is just a new strategy for achieving health and wellness. Six small meals every day. Breakfast within 30 minutes of rising. If you find you're still in that bingey cycle after you've um, had your dinner at night, go for a walk, do something physical, that insulin uptake will happen as a result of a bit of exercise and you just won't feel bingey at all. Stop eating after 7 p.m. at night. If you're 8 o'clock even, stop eating then. Don't eat any more food after that time, you will have been eating for almost 12 hours in your day. You don't need to eat any more food. That drive for eating food is all about an old habit you don't need anymore. Fill the 3 p.m. hole. This is a big one, guys. Eat between 2.30 and 3 o'clock in the afternoon to maintain and sustain blood sugar levels. This is the big crash zone. By 5 o'clock at night, there just isn't enough food in the world, and you'll be binging all night long. Eat between 2.30 and 3 in the afternoon, and eat a solid protein. It could even be half a chicken breast, a small portion of, eat a hamburger. Eat something that has high protein in it, from a good source, of course. But this will help you to sustain that health and wellness mandate. So, of course, it's not self-hatred. Of course it is that you want to be healthy and well. You're on your way. Keep going. Join me next week. We're going to take this out for a full year. Looking forward to it. I'm wishing you all the very best in the week ahead. Start your program. You can do it. Bye for now. Thank you for 
joining us for Chasing Hunger. Be sure to tune in again next week for another edition featuring your host, Kathy Welter-Nichols. Next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week. Thank you.